What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Polygon Forest. I am Ubisoft concept artist Vin Hill, and I am joined, as ever, by Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello. I do indie games, by the way. He's also an indie dev, of course, yes. Um, obviously, this week is going to be a little bit different because we're the, the format that we're sort of um, recording in this week, we're not um, showing an intro video because we're actually trying a new method, but we'll, we'll try and get the video back in there at some point in the coming weeks when we sort of figure out our growing pains to this new system. But this week... We are going to be talking about E3. We're going to be talking about E3 in a big review. So, Chris, do you want to sort of go over what we're going to be talking about in depth? Yes, we're going to talk about Game Pass uh, as a whole, Flight Sim, Forza, some Ubisoft games like Rainbow Six Extraction, uh, Riders Republic, uh, Redfall. We're going to talk about Battlefield 2042, Horizon Forbidden West, even though that wasn't really E3, and potentially yep. what could Sony be coming up with in the next month or so nintendo kind of as a whole at least for me and then some things that we had no gameplay for like starfield and breath of the wild 2 there were some missing some missing, missing players at e3 this year so that yep. was the theme for e3 and as a whole for me was no gameplay right what we saw gameplay of was was yeah good but it just wasn't enough enough of it yeah, I guess like that's a good way to start. Like before we um, dive into what we've been playing uh, this week, but like just to sort of kick it off at the beginning of the show, like what was your overall sort of impression of E three this year? Like was it was it a good one? Was it bad? Was it average? Like what where where does it sort of fall with you? Because that's it's pretty much what people want to hear. Like at the very beginning, I guess. Yes, uh, it was. I mean, if you line them all up, mm. it was bad. Right, but. I'm not going to blame anyone or get upset about it because, you know, we've had this worldwide pandemic and that's totally understandable that it's going to be the worst E3. Like if you were ever going to go, what's going to be the worst E3? I'll be straight after right. a global pandemic where there's been crazy changes throughout the whole world. You go, yeah, that yeah. sounds fair enough. So, yeah, I think it was probably one of the worst ones I've seen. Only mm. because of what we didn't see. Nothing really for much of what we did see was was terrible just didn't see enough of hype train so the hype train just never really got going yeah i mean i was personally expecting a lot more heavy hitters because i thought because this was the year that new consoles are out like people really need to, to sort of throw their weight around and show people like yo this is like you want to buy our console like please like check this out we've got all this coming and stuff and i thought that was going to be this was going to be the year for them to do it mm. but I think you were right. I think it was just they clearly weren't ready because of obviously the unforeseen circumstances of the, over the past year and a half, and they just weren't quite ready. That's my only real big takeaway from this. But saying that, there was a lot of good stuff shown as well. There was there was some great nuggets in there, which we will get into mm. um, after um, we talk about what we're going to talk about next. Mm. So first, first on the list, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Yes, what have you been playing? Oh. Oh, I finished God of War. We need we need to talk about this first. So, so Vin knows this, but he's pretending like he's surprised. <laughs> Which God of War? There you go. That's my surprise yeah, face. I completed it. I loved it. It is yeah. amazing. It's just so good. It's been out for ages, and I don't know why I haven't played it. Do you know what I think it was? I think it might have been girlfriend reviews which i kind of get a lot of my reviews from and i know i shouldn't because i'm the person playing the game that's a bad source yeah so a it's a bad, bad source, source for reviews. because yeah i'm not gonna be watching myself play the game i'm just gonna be playing the game myself but she kind yeah. of got bored that um the boyfriend really loved the game and so did all the puzzles 
Mm. So she was doing it from that third person perspective and that kind of rubbed off on me. But the puzzles I thought were great. And I love doing lots of all the different bits and pieces. After I finished the main campaign, though, I just uh, Googled the cutscenes for the rest of the bits that I didn't do. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and then I just went down a deep dive of all the lore and like mm. the making of, and I watched the makings of, and that got me right in the feels box as well. And, um, you know, it's a great story. And it's, you know, the father and the son and their journey and their growth. And it's got just yeah. a great middle and end, great gameplay, great puzzles, great lore. That is just completely in my wheelhouse of enjoyment so that was one of the best games ever and i'm thinking about it for my second tattoo design i've not even had my first tattoo yet <gasps> but i'm thinking Terrible. how do i get that axe design into a tattoo with all the norse symbols <laughs> and the, the jewels on there that's what i'm thinking so that's how good a game yeah, no, it is. it's it's an amazing game like it was my game of the year in 2018 when it came out um really excited about the sequel like you Great timing for you, I guess. Like, you've just finished Horizons or Dawn. Yeah. Uh, you've just finished God of War. I'm having a great and year. And you've got both of those games coming out this year. Like, Well, not this year, but within the next sort of 12 months, probably the next God of War is probably going to be next spring, maybe summer. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're, you're lined up for, for greatness, as it were. No pun intended, because obviously yeah. that's um, Sony's um, sort of catchphrase. But, like, yeah, this is this is great for you, I think. Yeah. I think this is only good timing all around, but I'm glad you really enjoyed it. That's that's cool. I think it's a great year for people in my situation where there were Xbox gamers, and then as the console generation ends, you grab a cheaper right. PlayStation mm -hmm. and buy this buy the the big ones that have had time to be known as the great games of that of that generation. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm working my way through like a, a list of critically acclaimed games. So um, can't go wrong really. It's very cool. Um, what have you been playing? Uh, this week I was playing, well, I didn't get much playtime in, in general, just because of obviously with all the E3 stuff, it's mm. very, you know, it's a busy time of year. So you gotta, you gotta take what you can, but I actually, I got sort of, in, well, not inspired, but I got sort of motivated to try out Forza Horizon 4 after we saw Forza Horizon 5 on the thing. I was like, yeah, it looks pretty and stuff, but like, do I really care about racing games? Probably not really. Yeah. And so I thought, I'll download it because like the Forza Horizon 4 is actually set in England, which was nice for me because like I'm obviously from England, but I don't live there in the moment. So it was nice to sort of visit home through like the virtual virtual world, as it were. Mm. I thought, yeah, it'd be cool to drive around like British landscapes and stuff and just like chill out and stuff. Holy crap, this game is fun. Yeah? Like, I had no idea. Like, it's, somebody... on, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Like that's that's why I'm playing it. So like, it cost you nothing to give it a go. Yeah. Right, and that's the beauty of Game Pass, right? Like yeah. you just get to try these games out like this. Man, that game is a lot of fun. Like cool. I had no idea. Yeah, and it's just and it's not like your typical like, oh, like here's a car, go to the next race. Okay, now you're doing three laps around the same map over and over again. Okay, now the next race. No, it's like the the way that the game's set up for people that don't know anything about Forza Horizon. I don't care about racing games. You don't care about racing games. Most people don't, but it has its niche sort of uh, fan base, right? Mm. Um, but the, the way this one is set up, it's basically an open world game and it's just roads and they've got a custom map and you can go anywhere. And as you're driving around, you can either join a race and there's different types of races. Like um, you can be driving along and they're like, hey, we need a stunt driver for a movie and you have to do this ridiculous sort of stunt. And then there's other ones which are very traditional sort of rally like going through like the British landscape, like smashing into like farmers' brick walls and stuff that are three hundred years old and stuff, because you know <laughs> as you do. And then there's other ones where it's even more traditional racing, where it's like on an actual track, and and then you can go into the city of Edinburgh, like they've got Edinburgh in the game, and you can do some street racing there. 
and it's really like just diverse and different so and it, but it never like gets so serious that it's not fun anymore like they they, they very much understand like this is it's still a video game like it's not a, it's not a car simulator though you can go down that route you can bump up all the difficulty and and change everything to manual and, and get the car seat and all that sort of stuff you can go all in or mm. you can be like me where you're just like I just want to drive around and smash up some stuff or whatever, you know. And like I've been having a blast with it. Yeah. Like I put, I think I I turned it on on like a Wednesday or something. I've put about fifteen hours into this game already. Like I've just been just been driving around and having a blast with it. So yeah, highly recommended it. Anyone's into it, but and does it yeah. still stand up now? Is it is it because um, you don't have a four K? Do you have a four K TV? I have a four K TV. I don't so have 4K. HDR though. That's the only thing. Right. Okay. So it's not HDR, but is it? Um, What's the frame rate, right? Like it's four K sixty. Sixty, okay. Yep. So it was it was on the Xbox One. Um, looks absolutely beautiful. Mm. Like um, I had to go back and watch the Forza Horizon Five stuff because to sort of you know, I wanted to compare it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to know like, cause this actually looks good already. Like mm. I don't really understand like what more else they could do with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot more that they can do with it. As I was as I was reminded when I watched the video, but yeah, still looks absolutely fantastic. Like well worth, well worth the time that you put into it. Like, so if you've got game pass, then download it, like have a go. Like it's actually, it's actually really good. So on our, on our E3 coverage, when we were reacting to, to the new, the rebooted, cause it's like a reboot of, of Forza. Um, yeah. we were reacting to uh, laggy video, but the video that's actually on our YouTube video was the mm. pre-recorded so we're going oh this looks terrible and it actually looks pretty good <laughs> yeah. on the video stream so yeah just a little note there we weren't um, overreacting <laughs> yeah. at the time so speaking of which like you can you can go and check out all of our reaction videos to everything on e3 um we i think we watched all the big ones anyway um, yes we we had four reaction videos up so if you're interested in any of that then please go and check it out on the youtube channel we've got we've got stuff there um but yeah, Forza Horizon 4, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. Like, if anyone's listening to this and they've never like tried it, um, but and they've you've got played Game Pass. Arcade-y, yeah, and you've got Game Pass, like nothing to lose, I would I would recommend it. Nothing but, to lose yeah. at all. And that was uh, one of the biggest things for me for E3 that helped seal the deal of, of what you said, which was important, which was they need to sell Game Pass and Xbox need to be mm. showing lots and lots of games. And in comparison to everyone else, they totally did. Xbox showed like the most games and they got that. Yeah communication to me across of value for money like get game pass try all these cool games and for me for those two games it was the the forza uh, horizon 5 and the flight Microsoft right. flight, flight sim like for the price of game pass you just try them dip in and have a bit of a fun and browse about for this amazing visual spectacle that's you know pushing the boundaries of the next gen at this stage in its life cycle absolutely and um yeah i think that's and then just the rest of all the games that Xbox showed for me was like, yeah, Game Pass is really good value for money. It, for me, it's going to be like, I'll have an Xbox and that will be my try games out console. And then the PlayStation 5 will be like PlayStation 5 exclusives. And then everything else will probably be Xbox. That's probably how I'm going to be. And that's how you've yeah, been I mean, so far, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I mean, I pretty much slotted into that pocket perfectly so yeah. like xbox like everything that comes out third party pretty much is um a lot of it is coming to game pass these days it's just inherently how it is um and i've just been trying out third parties and playing more third party stuff on my xbox series x and then my ps5 is literally just sat there gathering dust waiting 
for like these amazing first party games that are coming and when they come like the the purchase of the ps5 will be worth it hmm. but until that time it's just it is just sat there and it's the same thing with nintendo as well like they've like i've got my nintendo switch it's literally got dust on it right now because i just haven't touched it in months hmm. um but when a game comes out like I'll, I'll i'll play the hell out of it and then i just won't touch it again for six months hmm. it's just unfortunately how them systems are but they've sort of like carved out these lanes for themselves at this point where nintendo is very much focused on nostalgia playstation is very much focused on quality like when it comes like Mm. once or twice a year and then xbox is just like the value that you get out of it like for as you said just for trying stuff out and Mm. and third parties and stuff um it's just there like to just try stuff out and you're constantly jumping in now much like you do with netflix like you wouldn't buy a box set for certain things but you would definitely like watch like you'd binge through stuff on netflix and that's very much how um xbox is sort of like the space that xbox has sort of carved out for themselves so it's just interesting dynamic between the three of them which as an owner of all three as well it's it's nice to be in this situation where okay i can sort of see like how this ecosystem is sort of dividing itself out at this point the only problem is like i understand like i am very much in a, in a place of privilege and that i can own all three of these systems so i can take my pick and mm. like i'm not stuck with just one and i'm not looking over the fence constantly thinking oh like oh, i'm gonna miss out on that i'm not gonna be able to do this i'm not gonna be able to play that yeah like i, I understand that and, and and i think these consoles like the way that they're designed right now is very much to have all three almost like it's very weird like we're, we've never really been in this situation before where the competition is sort of drifting away from each other they're not really directly compete with each other anymore obviously xbox and playstation are a little bit yeah but it's not like they are drifting apart and it's it's really interesting that they're doing that which good and bad in a lot of ways and it remains to be seen if sony are going to react to that yeah and bring out their own game pass to actually like come back a bit closer together and, and see see how this comes about but yeah very, very interesting times i mean in the last generation i think the venn diagram of people that have PlayStation and Xbox mm. and then the games that they missed out on playing. I think the biggest right. part of that Venn diagram would have been the section for Spider-Man. I think that was the game that most people would have wanted to have played across all the platforms. And yeah, I think so, so that's like one big game, um, like to the middle towards the end of the, of the generation. And then right now, the beginning of this next generation, we've already got huge, huge titles that, people are really not happy about. So the fact that, you know, God of War and Horizon have got this reputation now that yeah. is crossing over into this generation. And so people are going to be wanting to play that on PlayStation. But then we've got, you know, Bethesda on Xbox now and and the anticipation at least is high for that. And um, so, yeah, it seems like it's this gap is widening that started in the last generation. Um, and I don't think it's a good thing. Because okay. I think it's going to be more divisive. And I think mm. the internet's just going to get more toxic. And I think it's like putting up the walls of division between people. Um, I 100% agree with this. Which, yes. I mean, I've, I've, I've been complaining about this like on Twitter and stuff, just like the, the toxic fanboyism mm. that is happening right now between Sony and Xbox specifically. Mm. Like, it was really strange. Last generation, it was very much just the uh, Nintendo toxic fanboys because there was a lot of them as well. Yeah. And they were just constantly attacking people like either defensively or offensively for whatever reason just like oh we're better than you because of x y and z it's like just shut up like just everyone just enjoy video games like yeah we've got criticisms we've got problems like that we're trying to like you know raise awareness to but we're not like saying we're better than you just by default like mm. that's just a stupid like way of looking at this 
And yeah, I think I think you're right. I think what this is unfortunately doing, like you're seeing a lot of, you know, um, Sony ponies and Xbox, these sort of things getting thrown around, and we hear it a lot. And it's just like, just would you just shut up and go away? Yeah. Like I really I hate these people, and it just like they they make the industry worse. And I don't I don't like that we're heading this way, but and they, it's unfortunately what happens when you set up camps like this distinctively, as mm. you said. Yeah, and um, did you see that article about um, the the play, uh, Xbox people apologizing to PlayStation owners that they won't be able to play, mm. um, they won't be able to play uh, Starfield, Starfield, right? um, yeah, and all the other Bethesda games on on PlayStation. And yeah. then the way that was taken, like people took that every way possible, like don't pity us or like why are you apologizing or like you you didn't mean that, like everything that's toxic that you could possibly interpret in that article yeah. you saw online. Uh, and the one thing I probably know, I don't know what the intention was, but the one thing I do know is it probably was along the lines of, I just want people to know that I'm sorry that this is the situation. <laughs> like I don't want people to get upset. And then like an apology is toxic these days. That's the kind right. of, well, this, this is the problem. Like you say anything, from from the perspective of like a games company or a publisher or a developer or whatever, no matter what they say, it just gets twisted and converted mm. and just the opposite is presented by other people. And it's just like, can we just be decent about this mm. and actually look at what they're actually trying to say like officially and just say, okay, we're sorry that everyone can't enjoy our games anymore, but this is the deal. Mm. Like this is this like is the reality are, of the situation. And right, yeah. and we're not like yeah. we're, we're sorry that you can't play games, but that's just it's just how it is. Yeah. It's not them. It's not them like bowing down to like other people. It's not them uh, like apologizing for whatever reason. It's just them saying we're sorry that you can't enjoy our games as well. Like we understand, but like we're on Game Pass now. Like we're with Xbox. This is just unfortunately how it is. Mm we hope you can understand like that's the sort of feeling that they were going for but yeah. you're right it just it just devolved into this toxic sort of wow they were actually saying this and they were actually meaning that and what when they said this mm. they actually mean that and it was a so big just shut playstation up. Like, and, yeah. right and it and it's not it's just like sometimes they just are sincerely like yeah maybe maybe i think it was pete hines that said this um the the guy that bethesda runs bethesda mm. uh, game studios um, I don't think P. Hines really meant that as a slight towards Sony. Like they've had a good relationship over the years. They've obviously made a lot of money together. Yeah. Um, it's just a ridiculous thing. Like I, th I genuinely believe that P. Hines is genuinely sorry mm. that everyone can't play their games anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just that's just yeah. And it's like you said, the the fanboys pick it up and run with it. Yeah. It's sad. It's a sad stage at the moment. Hopefully, it is. We'll have some changes and some clarity and maybe when the world comes out of lockdown and people get together and talk face to face that might make a difference I hope minute, so. I mean, like I, I sort of have this theory as well like i think people are just really high strung right now because everyone's stuck in their houses yeah. just reading social media all day so i get it but yeah yeah i i hope this comes to a conclusion at some point or another uh so what have we got next um so ubisoft games mm. so i that terrible publisher oh my god i can't believe you want to talk about them <laughs> They're just the worst. Have you heard about their developers? They're just terrible people. I think their developers are really, really nice. Oh. And I like them. Full disclosure, if you're like, this is the first episode you've ever listened to, I work at Ubisoft. It's just <laughs> a joke. Like, we're just, we're just... 
And you've been I'm... working on Rainbow Six Extraction, as it's now called. I have. I can finally talk about this. You can well, talk about it. Not talk it. about it, but I can say that I'm working on it, I guess. Yeah. Like that's been working on it for the last year and a half, even though like the way that the reaction was was a little bit... Um, it was something. I could not. I, what did you think about well, it? Well, I've not heard any bad press, which is good for me i suppose and i i what hope you're not, do you live under i well <laughs> just be, do you know because do you know it's because if it's not coming from ubisoft i don't i, I know my opinion and i get to speak to a developer so there's no so i've got the whole spectrum of information that i need i don't need anyone else's do you know what i mean if i've got yeah, any no, questions that's, that's i'll ask enough. you about it yeah and then i'll make my own decision but i i really liked it i think it looked great i think it looked more than a year and a half worth of work yeah. um to be honest it looks looks pretty far along if you ask me um i'm really excited for it 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 looks fresh exciting it looks new um so i'm really hyped for that and maybe we'll play on it soon and yeah i hope so i mean it's out on september 12th 13th can't remember it's cool. near the middle of september i remember that yeah, because we've just been like because we've been hammered in towards like internally that September, September, September. Right. I don't know the exact date. I think it's the twelfth. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely play it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 excited about it. I think there's there's a lot of stuff which is sort of like people don't know about yet. Um, I think the way that it was presented probably could have been a little bit better for the fans that were expecting um, more away from Siege, um, because okay. a lot of people would. There's a lot of complaints about people saying that, you know, this game is too like similar to Siege. Right. It's, it looks like an expansion pack. There's not enough different. And there is a lot different. Yeah. It's just, we just haven't shown it. It just hasn't yet. shown up. But this is the thing. You can't, you got to cater for everyone, I suppose, haven't you? So you got to cater for mm-hmm. people like me that haven't played Rainbow Six Siege. Right. Um, so to me, it looked great. And yeah, to, if you went into the nitty gritty about how it's different from, from Siege, that yeah. probably would have been a bit more boring for me. I'd have gone, why are you telling me, why are you telling That's me right. what's different to another game? So you can't win. You're right. Yeah, there's no way you can win with these sort of things. Yeah, I mean, I've seen both sides <clears throat> of the fence as well. Like, there's uh, like I've had people reach out to me on Twitter and be like, oh my god, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, this is like a PVE like player versus environment game mm. where like you're working together really tactically and not like it's not like wacky arcade like. Um, Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood, that's obviously our competition for this year. Yeah. Because they're out in October, I think it's a month after us. And so they're at different ends of the spectrum, but there's a lot of people that were looking for this type of game where it's a bit more mm. it's a bit more thorough and, and tactical in that respect. Like you're not just it's not just chaos all the time, which it, it can divulge into that. Like, mm. but it's yeah, it's just a very different experience to what people were sort of probably expecting. But remains to be seen. Hopefully, hopefully the game does well. Um, I'm really excited to like finally like get out into the public hands and see what they genuinely think of it when they play it. Yeah. And they're not just like, obviously we we've, we've had a lot of um, media backlash based on like what we showed, but you know I'm, I I think there's still a lot more to show and I think there's a lot more to come as well. Hmm. Well, I mean the fact that you had probably some of the most minutes put into gameplay of the whole of E3, I think says something, and I reckon that's hmm. I reckon that's something to to celebrate. Like. You had some fair amount of gameplay in that in that video, and the yeah. rest of E3 hardly had any. So that's where that, you get my respect for that, Mister Ubisoft. Thank you. Yeah, it was all me. Yeah. It was all me. No. We're like, I think I think we need more gameplay. I think Chris is going to want some more gameplay here. Yeah, um, I think, yeah. 
Bright Riders Re- many meetings. Riders Republic. <laughs> I was that was my pleasantly surprised game. Me too, actually. It, the more was... I saw of that, again, big chunk of gameplay. Well done. The more I saw of it, and the more gameplay that was shown, the more I was like, well, "That's interesting." Because on the surface, just surface, it just seems like, "Oh, you've got a few different modes, you've got a few different tracks. That could be fun." But it's like, yeah. no, there's loads of tracks. There's loads of gameplay modes. There's all these different ways to play the game. That that just seems like there's going to be something for everyone. There's yeah. going to be like the arcadey jump in and see what happens sort of thing. It almost seems like it's the game designed for Game Pass, like. It's multiplayer, there's lots of people, lots of different game modes. There's something for everyone. Have fun, jump in, and have a little play. Yeah. Which which I'm really excited about. Really? Now the game looked absolutely great. <clears throat> like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I was actually kind of blown away by it. Because like, I haven't seen any of it internally since we uh, saw it externally last year at E3. And it was funny, like uh, one of the guys that we know on Twitter, uh, Raf, shout out to him. And oh, yeah, hey, he Raph. was. He was, um, he mentioned, like, he sent me a message at one point. And he was like, yeah, I'm in the beta at the moment. Um, am I allowed to talk about it because of the NDA? And I was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't, like, wait until wait until E3 is over and then you can sort of, like, uh, talk about it because, obviously, I'm an employee. He's able to talk to me about that. Oh, right. And, That's, that must be nice. Yeah, so it was – but he was really excited about it. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, if he's excited about it, it must be decent. Like, I haven't seen it. Hmm. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, kind of cool. There's actually quite a lot here that's sort of sink your teeth into it. Yeah. Like, I w- really wasn't expecting um, as much as we saw, you know. So it was, yeah, pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm actually really interested in that game. Yeah. Um, and then Redfall. Uh, that just looks so intriguing. I know it was looked all pretty much, like, cinematic trailery. Don't know how much of it is going to translate right, into the actual game. game. But we know it's going to be, like, a multiplayer game. <laughs> But it looks like you've got different class systems and the characters are really cool. The really cool thing I've seen is that there's lots of love for the um like the black woman in that game that looks like she's yeah. kicking some ass. Um yeah. people saying about representation, how they're they're happy to have that sort of character right. in a in like a big game from a big publisher pushing it out across the world. So so kudos for that. That seemed pretty cool. And the game just looks really interesting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really int- I mean, it like weird side story i guess i i randomly worked on that game like three four years ago and i didn't realize until after we saw it because like when when i was i was working for a company called a frame store who work on um a lot of visual effects stuff for like cinematics and they do commercials and they work on movies as well like they do a lot of the marvel movies and stuff and i was doing a lot of freelance work for them and i was a part of the team that was um, working on a pitch document for what would become redfall and I had no idea because, like, the game was very different back then. It was still set in, like, New England. It was still set, like, like in Massachusetts or whatever. And it was still vampires. And then it was still, like, the... It was still very much the same, but it was a lot more gritty and a lot more um, grounded, I guess, And when we were working on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, the pitch, like, got moved around, and I eventually didn't end up, like... I think I finished one of the images, but I didn't finish the second one or something. It was very weird, like sort of like the way that these sort of freelance houses work. But yeah, I, I randomly worked on this game. Like I probably won't be in the credits because it was like long before the game even got green lit. Right. But yeah, it was it was fascinating to see that thing like just looking very very different to how it was sort of presented to us in the beginning because it was it was a lot more it was a lot more gritty and grounded like when it was first um, realized. But like I'm glad the direction that they went into it gives it a bit more 
bit more flavor. And so those images that you did, which was not part of the official like production of the game, are those right. then like buried forever? They'll never see the light of day because... Probably, yeah. I mean, that's 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 how it goes for uh, pitch documents a lot of the time because they're just trying stuff out. They're trying to like ginny up new ideas. Yeah. And that's probably why Avalanche uh, Studios hired uh, Framestore to do these images because they probably wanted like, okay, if we just hire an external house and then they can come up with ideas as well and we can sort of figure out like which direction we want to go into as well. Yeah. We'll do our own stuff internally and then they, they'd sort of just choose and it sort of helps them filter down like the sort of direction that they want to go into. Yeah. And just being a part of that process, you know, it's just very, very, yeah, very strange. And I, I didn't realize until like, I kind of had an inkling at the time, but I didn't want to say it like live while we were watching the stream, just in case I wasn't. Was it like uncanny? Like something like my spider sense is tingling when I'm watching this right. game. And you just thought it, it wasn't was until, yeah. I mean, I saw like when I saw like the Massachusetts thing, like when because the setting was very much New England. That was how we we were heavily pitched on that. But the like the way that the game was pitched, it was like everything was sort of in perpetual nighttime, mm -hmm. and there was a constant eclipse going on, and that's like how the the vampires or whatever were sort of operating, and that's how they were able to operate, um, and and sort of prey upon people and you're, you're playing in this four-person squad to sort of like push them back and i was like oh that's cool that's very cool and then like it didn't it didn't fully click when we were watching the trailer until i saw the eclipse at the end right and i was like holy shit like i worked on that game like i, I it just everything flooded back and it was just like oh crap yeah i totally forgot about this thing because it was years ago it was literally yeah. three four years ago that i worked on it so yeah very strange but yeah like short story aside but that yeah, looks very very cool you sh i mean you probably i can't don't know whether or not you can say this or not but i would be like if i was you i'd be like finding who the concept artists are of, of the game for ubisoft and go hey i worked on this when i was over here now i've seen it on e3 they're like just thought i'd say hi and well done no, no. okay no they don't care no. i mean it's yeah it's all it's all very disconnected in that respect but not in a bad way like it's just it's the business. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, okay, so that's the Ubis that's the Ubisoft ones I had. Did you have anything else to add about how you thought the Ubisoft um, E three conference went? No, I mean I was disappointed that they didn't show Beyond Good and Evil two. I think that was yeah. a big sub omission. Um, I really wanted to see that game. I was really curious to see how far along they come with it because I like even though I work there, we don't see everything internally, um, yeah. not unless you're working in the studio. Like if you're working in the studio that's working on these games and more likely like you just come across it. But I dodged that bullet, I guess, because we're not like Ubisoft Montreal don't work on uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. As far as I know, um, we might have a small team there, but like nothing ever not like, circulated around the studio. Yeah. So I just haven't seen it. Yeah. I literally haven't seen it for two years and I would, I would love to see it because action adventure games open world action adventure games are my favorite as it were yeah so, yeah it's yeah, my jam too so it's a shame and uh, yeah that was missing so that is a shame yeah um battlefield though for me that was like the surprise hit like i wasn't expecting much but what and then it was silly and then the more i saw the more it kind of grew on me and then the more i thought do you know what this could be dead fun mm. and that, that a lot of people and Twitter seem to agree with me. Like it seemed to be one of the big hits of E3, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. With a lot of hype going over. Because originally I was wanting it to be like Dunkirk or like Gritty World War II and 
<laughs> go down that route. But um, well, I think you'll get your. I think you'll still get your uh, your prize in that respect, though, because um, it's heavily rumored that the next Call of Duty is um, called Vanguard, and I think that's set during World War Two. Yes. So you may get it. I might yeah, guess you it. May get it. So I might be spoiled for choice. I might be able to like wingsuit out of a tornado, zip line onto a building, crash some helicopters, and then have a bit of gritty World War Two drama shooter. Yeah, I'm good with I'm good with both of them options. I'm glad that they just went completely in opposite directions. Yeah. One set in their future, one set in World War Two. This is great. More for me. Like yeah. Num num num. Eat it all up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited about Battlefield. I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I think they learned a lot of lessons after Battlefield Five because that one wasn't received as well. Um, still a good game. Uh, wasn't nearly as good as Battlefield One though. I don't think. Um, I think they've they've taken the time. Um, they should. They should rectify the the issues which they had in Battlefield Five in this one. So I'm I'm super excited. I think it's going to be great. Um, the, we reacted to that video, and our reactions, looking back in comparison to what I've seen online, were very subdued. We were going, mm. "Oh, that's fun," and we were laughing and joking. Some videos of some people are just like off their chair, screaming. They're off camera. They're crying. They're sweating. Yeah, but how real is that? Or is that just them like trying to get the clicks? Oh, but then I just it? think, oh yeah, but we're English. So that is us exploding, is basically. We go, <laughs> oh yeah, that is us. We almost that's, we almost spilled our tea. Yeah, it was just all over the place. That's maximum like exuberance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And then, yeah. But no, really, really excited about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. For me, Horizon Forbidden West, even though it wasn't in E3 and it was before E3, I thought that was like laying down the gauntlet. Like, let's see what we can, this is what we've got. Yeah. You know, now it's on you. And that was ballsy, considering that Sony said they were going to be going after E3. And then they released a video before E3 with Horizon Forbidden West gameplay. We've got gameplay, a really hotly anticipated video game. And yep. it looked like everything that the fans wanted. That's true. And I just think, was that the highlight of E3 that wasn't even E3? <laughs> well for me it's like the most anticipated game that's coming well it would be I mean you're, you're off the back of yeah. uh, Horizon Zero Dawn so you've just played that game you're super excited about it like you I'm going to get Aloy slapped you're going to get my... an Aloy tattoo <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I mean that's that's as big as an endorsement as it gets yeah. so yeah of course like we're excited for it yes but, yeah it's straight I mean I think Sony played their cards well as well as they could anyway like considering they said that we're not going to be at E3 they put out that Horizon Zero Dawn video just to say, "Hey, we're still here. We're yeah. still relevant." Yeah. You know, that was them. That was a very political move in terms of like strategy and how they market stuff out. Very clever. Otherwise, E three would have just been constantly talked about, like, "Oh, Sony are absent. Like, Sony don't exist. Like, we're Sony. Hmm. Like, all negative stuff for Sony." Yeah. But like them getting ahead of the curve and actually putting this stuff out a little bit early um, did them a world of good, I think. Like, and I think they'll have a lot of good stuff to show when they do have the official sort of e3 state of play and i say e3 because as as much as like as close as they might get to e3 they're not a part of e3 and i'm still kind of annoyed that they're yes like trying to take the high road out of it well that's what i was going to ask they should be a part of it it's kind of like they're having their cake and eating it too like they're doing a little yeah. teaser before so they're kind of bookending it and yeah. they're doing that without like Officially talking to the games enough. industry without getting permission without considering gamers as a whole community they're only thinking about playstation owners um yep. so is what they're doing 
anti-gamer? As like anti-gamer? A, as like a culture? Are they just thinking about their back pockets and not thinking about the industry as a whole? Are they, are, they, are they pushing up the barriers and driving uh, separation between the rest of the gaming community? Or they just I get no, I get the feeling that you're, you're going with, but I, I don't think they're being anti-gamer. But I do think they're being very anti-games industry, and I think that's the the sort of like the key difference. Like they, hmm. like you said, they they care a lot about PlayStation owners, but they just do not care about the games industry. They don't. They're trying to like sort of they're basically doing what Rockstar did years ago, which is they're sort of saying we're we're better than all of this so we are our own thing now we're not we're not part of the gaming community um and we're not part of the games industry we are our own thing because Mm. we're just that good now we don't need to be a part of this weird system that you've got where you have to go to e3 like oh my god like you peasants that's the sort of arrogance that it sort of radiates out of them and it's very very annoying and it makes me like almost not want to support that a lot of the time like it's like, do I want to, like, if we weren't running a podcast or whatever, like, I might not even watch it live. I might just, like, watch it afterwards just out of spite so I don't give them the numbers and stuff like, like that. Like the live feeds, you know, it's, yeah. it's that sort of thing because, like, at the end of the day, like, the gaming community is, like, what's important here. Like, mm. just everyone coming together. Because E3 isn't exciting because, like, we're all just sat there watching trailers and, like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks bad. Like, oh, yeah, that is what we do. But the reason why we love e3 is because it's a celebration like mm. it's everyone coming together and yeah. enjoying video games as this as this massive block and it's like oh my god look at how awesome this industry is and mm. look what we can do with it and the facts that sony just sort of you know nope out of that because they think they're high and mighty is to sort of i just don't like it like there's nothing nice about that and, there's nothing um, good that come off the back of that that those tactics because if Xbox did that, all that would happen is that it would the whole thing would be disjointed and everything would get up in the air. So it's almost yeah. like they're forcing Xbox hand in a way. In that if 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 everyone this is the way I think about I like to think about a moral dilemma. I think what yeah. if everyone did the same thing? And so right. if everyone did what what PlayStation have done this year. So if Nintendo did like uh sort of in May time, did a, a trailer for Breath of the Wild, and then like in July did like a couple more like another thing and then if xbox did the same thing we're spreading out across three months there's no basically what happened last year communal feeling and yeah no one said oh yeah last year was a great e3 did they no one went oh my god that's the way to do it there's no more there's you know that's this is the start of something new what what were we thinking all that time going into a big room and listening to orchestras and playing orchestra music versus uh you know live gameplay and live demos and and that that sort of community spirit couldn't agree more so yeah, it's it's just very strange to me like because the fact that so like even even though nintendo don't like nintendo were the first ones to sort of switch to digital and, and do the digital event only sort of thing mm. um even though they did that years ago they're still a part of e3 like they're still they still go within the window of e3 even if they aren't ready like it could like we're probably going to talk about it in a bit but like it could be argued that they weren't ready this year yeah but even when they're not ready like they're still willing to be a part of the community and be a part of the conversation and, and during the celebration of video games and the fact that sony just decided not to do that is it's kind of it's it's just sad like that's the only word i can really that really comes to mind mm. it's just sad 
Like I just I, I don't agree with it. I think they should be a part of the, the mm. conversation. They should be a part of the community. And, and yeah, because be nice now all that's on my mind is what's Sony gonna what's Sony gonna come kind of come up with now? And it's almost yeah. like that they win by default because that's the like the first thing you thought of and the last thing you thought of. That's the worst thing about all of this. Like as as gross as it is, and as much as I disagree with it, it will it's work. Working. And they will get a lot of eyes on them, and mm. they will. They will stand out when they do do their state of play because it's probably going to have some killers in there. It's going to be uh, some like big hitters that are going to be like, "Oh my god, look at that! Can you can you imagine how that's going to look and mm. all of that stuff?" Like, so it's going to work out for them. That's the worst thing about all of this. Like the fact that strategically it is a good idea, like in terms of marketing and business and how much money they're going to make and how many viewers they're going to get. All of that is this is good business. Mm. But it's still very, very gross, and mm. I just don't like it as a gamer. Like as part of the game, as a part of the gaming community, it's just, it's just gross. Mm. That's the only way I can really describe it. It's the only word that ever comes to mind. It's, it's gross. It's sad. Like I wish, I wish they came back. Yeah, I mean, I, in my ideal world, they would share the stage and take the piss out of each other face to face, and mm -hmm. so it's like, yes, we're rivals. Yes, we're competitive. Uh, yes, we want to make money and we know that money's going over there and we want it to come over here. But if you stand on the same stage and do it on a public stage, like, you know, a public forum, it's yeah. it's a lot more healthy um, in a way. And that would, I think that's a real shame that's, that's not that's not. Yeah, it happen. remains to be seen. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how state play goes. We'll see next year because next year is, um, I think the ESA already announced that they are going to be returning to a physical uh, conference next year, which mm. is very, very cool. Mm. Very excited about that. I hope that does sort of drag everyone back um, because having uh, PlayStation and EA not be a part of that is just sort of depressing and sad. Like, even like when EA were doing their own thing, um, even they would have their event, even though it was not officially a part of E3, they would still have their event um, just across in the, the same road. week. Yeah. It's just like, it was like a couple of miles away. Everyone had to get in the car and go over there, which yeah, still mm. sucks. But I get why they did that because E3 costs a lot of money and like the, the booth space and all that sort of stuff. I get it. Mm. But mm. them having it in the same week, that's the best thing about it. Yeah. So I hope, I hope people, more people come back together next year. Yes, hope so. Mm. Uh, Nintendo. What well, like you Nintendo. touched on? Were they mm. ready? Yeah, no. I, don't I mean, so. people are losing their minds over Metroid, which is cool. Like, well done. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get it. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, nostalgia again. Like, fine. I mean, yes, nostalgia. Yes, it, Nintendo. It's wasn't ready, but we got nostalgia. Got a lot of nostalgia. A lot of remasters. A lot of remakes. Um, we saw it coming, though, didn't we? But we, yeah, I mean, it's the same every year with but Nintendo. I thought we'd have a new Mario um, IP, and we—I mean, there's that Mario game, but it's not—it's the mm. role-playing game with Ubisoft, isn't it? Uh, I was—I was fully. I mean, well, I guess that counts in that respect. Um, but I was fully expecting more from Breath of the Wild. Like yes. I thought that game was way further along. I thought that was a holiday 2021 game. I thought yeah. I was ready to go. I thought this was their time to blow it out. Yeah. Um, they weren't ready. And no. I guess, like, as we were mentioning before, like, obviously, the circumstances of this year, over the past year and a half, of like, obviously how difficult things have been during the pandemic, mm. um, I fully understand why they've gotten to that point. It's just, yeah, I think they, they could have done a better job of subsiding expectations a little bit, I guess, because there was a lot of Nintendo fans which absolutely exploded over certain things. Very, very niche 
things. Like there was someone on Twitter that I know that is just absolutely obsessed with Advance Wars. Absolutely obsessed by it. And then when they announced that, it was just like it blew Their his dreams mind. Dreams have come true. Like, yeah. All it, like this is the greatest E three moment ever. And I'm just looking mm. at this game like it looks like a mobile game for sixty dollars. Like I just I just don't get it. Like I'm not a part of that base. Yeah. But I respect like other people are super excited about this, and that's sort of what Nintendo have always got. Like mm. every single person has got one IP within the Nintendo sort of franchise. With the core fans. Within, right. That mm. they just they will explode over this one little thing that's sort of putting in the middle. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're just watching this stuff go by and like, yeah, that looks all right, I guess. Yeah, it's like, like it looks that. okay. It looks okay. It looks fine. But Nintendo Meanwhile, have never been we are the best visuals of anything, have they? They've never tried to be that. Which that is, is very fair. But yep. there's, some, there's, there's one of my mates um, on Twitter that, that said he was literally shaking after watching the Breath of the Wild um, trailer and it's like okay I didn't know that yeah. I didn't know that, that those images could have that emotional response but <laughs> I'm glad that happened for you and I guess some people just wanted it to be confirmed in their brain that it exists that it's going right. to happen it doesn't matter when mm. it's going to happen but and for them it didn't really matter what they saw I mean they saw that they were you know linked flying through the sky and it seems like it's going to have verticality in the skies like Skyward Sword sure. um, not many people like Sky, Sky, Skyward Sword though uh, it's easily the worst Zelda it's considered to be clanky isn't it it's really bad like I just I just don't think it's a good game yeah. like at all like I've played most of the Zelda games like since uh, Link to the Past I, I went back and played the original Legend of Zelda played Zelda 2 um, played um, both of the Game Boy Color games the season games um, and ages. I uh, played um, Zelda. Uh, played um, Zelda on sixty four. I played it on GameCube. Played Wind Waker, Majora's Mask. Like, I mm. played most of the Zeldas. But Skyward Sword was by far the worst game. Like it's just clunky. It's weird. Like they were trying out too many mechanics. Like you had to rely on the Wii controller, mm. which was absolutely horrific to play a Zelda game on. Like you had to like aim on and like swing Do your a sword. Sword and, like that, yeah just not fun like i just did not enjoy this game and there's a lot of the people that agree i'm not saying like my opinion is like the the gold standard or anything like mm. obviously people still enjoy the game like enough to buy the, the the part or the remake or the remaster or whatever the hell it is yeah um but yeah i was not expecting them to do a fully blown sort of part of this game because it's it's by far the worst one <laughs> i just don't um i just don't know if it's gonna sell but breath of the world 2 is yeah it, to me i didn't see anything that made me go, this is a sequel. This looks uh, good It had to a play. couple of nuggets. It had a couple of nuggets, like the uh, the teleporting through uh, the floor and things like that. That was a new mechanic. And then there was um, obviously like the verticality, like the, the, the way that all the floating islands are above the world and things like that. Yeah. But it looked very, very, very similar to, to one. Breath of the Wild yeah. 1, which is the most ironic hypocritical thing which i've seen about the games community in a long time because in one breath they absolutely destroy our game for like oh, it looks too much like siege it looks like it just looks like an update it doesn't look like you've done enough but then breath of the wild 2 gets shown and it looks pretty much identical mm. to breath of the wild 1 and they're going like, even, in, even in some scenes same clothes same armor everything yeah and everyone's excited about it there's this igm videos breaking it down top eight things that you missed in the breath of the wild 2 trailer i'm just like this is fucking insane mm. like it just looks it just looks like breath of the wild one and i'm sure it will be an amazing game when it comes out mm. don't have any doubt about it but what they showed looked really yeah for someone that hasn't there wasn't a lot there for someone i mean this is a the thing like 
Nintendo must understand the economy of the sequels, uh, 10 big budget sequels have the capacity to be way more profitable than the original game yeah. because they've got the establishment. So I agree. My, my yeah. myself, myself included, like I've not played a Breath of the Wild 1, but if Breath of the Wild comes to and is critically acclaimed, I will probably make this, I'll buy a Switch and buy both mm -hmm. and play both. Yeah. But I'm not there yet with one. I mainly just because of money, to be honest. Um, just can't afford to buy a console right now. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so they didn't appeal to me, like at all, or they just couldn't physically because they weren't ready. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Like what I saw didn't take my breath away, <laughs> and some people had this physical response where they were shaking, and it's like, okay, there's a disconnect there. I hope I'm just missing something. I hope that I just was in this demotivated state and um, they they did that though Nintendo when they were saying oh this is going to be the last thing we're going to show you today oh it's the Zelda handheld thing which kind of yeah. looks pretty cool I might give that a go depending yeah. on how much money it is <laughs> yeah um, that yeah. well? I mean, that's that. That is the, the unfortunate circumstance when it comes to Nintendo. When they have their conferences, they show all this, the remasters and the remakes, and they rely on nostalgia and all this sort of stuff, which is which is great. Like it's cool that people are still into this sort of stuff. Mm. But then the other side of that really is the fact that a lot of this stuff is going to be full price. Um, Skyward Sword is a sixty dollar game, which is kind of a kick in the nuts, considering that game. Is really not that much different. Was the like original they, game it, even that much money? I think it was about that much. But if you take inflation into, you know, into into account, then it was probably a lot cheaper. Mm, yeah. So they're actually making money off a pot that they're not actually changing that much. And there was just a lot of this stuff, just over and over again. It's like, yep, it's another sixty dollar pot. Yep, it's another sixty dollar pot. Yep, it's another sixty dollar pot. Mm. And it's just it's hard to swallow. Like as a gamer, like I'm, I'm waiting for sales from Nintendo. Is like getting blood out of a stone as well with this stuff so unless you're like one of those people like my friend like he's absolutely obsessed with advance wars mm. like he's gonna buy that game for 60 dollars, even though to me it looks like a mobile game like that could be free to play for, you know it really could but it's just like that's what they're relying on is each of those people are mm. willing to spend and nintendo have got such a breadth of ip that they can just continuously do this so it's 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 frustrating but like a, I, I have to applaud them at the same time for this business model that they've set themselves up with like it's it's genius but egregious as hell at the same time <laughs> yeah yes and it's difficult for me to get for for people that aren't nintendo fanboys to get right, on the train on the they're in. kind of like alienating people jumping on board and and, and coming up on board i mean they didn't need to they didn't need to do that a hundred percent and have no they could have had one new ip and gone hey this is a new game with some new mm -hmm. you know aimed at getting new people to buy a switch and no Switch console, no no Switch Pro. No Switch Pro. Really yep. shocked that was, that. That was surprising. That was I rumored was and rumored fully... and rumored and rumored and rumored and rumored and rumored and rumored. Yeah, and I think nothing. they they pretty much confirmed it though during the conference. Like a lot of people don't, a lot of people missed it, but the fact that they came out and said we're just going to be talking about our games today, that's them basically confirming yes, there is a Switch Pro. Right. Um, but we're not talking about. But we're just not going to talk. A lot about of people it. missed that nugget. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't do in a month's time, like during, like around the same time that Sony is probably going to be putting out their state of play, that they just put out a whole video just for Switch Pro and that's it. But they lied though, because they said we're going to talk about our games today and the second to last thing they showed was a games console. That's fair. 
That is a good point. And they lied when they said, uh, this is the last game we're going to talk about, and it was a games <laughs> console. So they're liars. And then really. they show Breath of the Wild And then they show Breath yeah. of the Wild 2. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I think there was a lot of, there was probably a lot of compartments, compart- compart- uh, I can't even take them. Yeah. Departments just, doing different bits and bobs. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, I can't get the Communication word breakdown. Right, yeah, I've been, I've been, I was studying Japanese all this morning, so my brain is just fried from English, so my apologies. But um, yeah, they're basically, it's just a load of different departments working on separate things, and mm. they clearly didn't communicate with each other until it all came together. Yeah. You could tell that in a weird way, because you're right, like there was weird indiscrepancies like that, so who knows? Who knows? But now they're in this situation, it's like, Guys, we we really need to make a Switch Pro now because everyone's expecting a Switch Pro, so we kind of have to make one now. Yeah. Now that 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 console is coming. Yeah. And it would surprise me if it didn't come this year, but yeah, it's, it remains to be seen. Uh, and the when price they actually and the spec, like yeah. yeah, there's a lot of anticipation. And if if it's 1080 and 30 FPS, do you know what? what's it got? Yeah. What's it got? What's yeah, it got? it's tough. I mean, because if, if they, because yeah, I mean, in our prediction videos, like the we had like the, the wild expectation that they were going to show us Switch Pro and that there was going to be Game Pass on it. Like, yeah. If that happened. Or Steam. I would I, like I would have I would have double dipped and got a fucking Switch Pro. Like I would have like absolutely. Um, but the fact that they didn't even show even quarter of that sort of sort of nuts because we know it's coming. But it's this just, is a weird thing. I don't understand. I don't. If it exists, why mm. can't they just? Be, and considering the whole of E three, like what we saw. Um, they could have gone, hey, we've got a Switch Pro. Here's what it looks like. That's all we're going to show you for now, but it exists, and we're yep. going to talk to you about it again later. People would have lost their minds, but this was just a fizzle, and they didn't need to do that. Like, surely they could have said it exists. Yeah, I mean, they, they did that with a couple of things. I mean, look at Breath of the Wild 2. The fact that they didn't even give that game a title mm. blew my mind. Like, really? You didn't even, like, you, you haven't even come up with a name for this thing yet? That's mm. worrying. Yeah. You know? Like, that's that's kind of surprising that you didn't do that. Like, just show us a title. Yeah. You know? So it, when everyone's using it on Twitter or hashtagging it or, like, people are talking about it online, like, they've, they've, they ground it to something. Because what's going to happen now is the next... Like Breath of the Wild 2, as we're now calling it, we'll get a new name and all of that stuff that they've all been that talking data about Breath of the Wild 2. Out the window. That's just gonna yeah. they're gonna lose it all in the algorithm, it's gone. Um so it's fascinating that they're that they didn't they're dragging their heels on that. Yeah, very strange. But yeah, I was I think like based on our reactions, um Nintendo were probably the the biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, I was di- I left that and I left that video and I was a bit deflated and a bit like Same. What was for me? Very uh, odd. Not much. Um, yeah. yeah other people had to complete the opposite it's just the world we're living in and that's the way it goes and the last thing I guess to talk about is um, Starfield the trailer the, the, you know the, the cinematic trailer looked great all in game it was in game yep. which is great mm-hmm. but we don't know whether or not they're just using the game engine to film some cool stuff and none of it is going to be in the game that's possible right very possible. Considering the game's not coming out until the end of next year, um, still a lot to be done. Um, yeah. They're in production year right now. Like that's normally how it works. Like the last sort of the last eighteen months of uh, production, mm. like the first twelve months of that eighteen months are is what we call production year, where everything mm. is just rammed up to high. They're in the thick of it right now, basically. They're yeah. making that game like nobody's business. Then the six months like before release is just polish and release, age rating, um, content locks and all that sort of stuff. So not much production really gets done in that last six months. 
So they're in production year right now. Yeah. Stuff is going to be changing a lot. Like, so I'd be really curious to see. And that's probably why they held off in retrospect, um, why they held off from gameplay and, and showing UI and stuff and just walking around in the game because they know like by this time next year at E3 when they are going to do a blowout, like a Fallout 4 style blowout, which was probably one of the best E3 presentations ever made. Like if anyone's interested, like in sort of like marketing production, how games design works, go back and watch the announcement. Uh, well, not the announcement, but the um, the reveal uh, E3 uh, conference for Fallout 4. It was perfect. And I mean perfect. Like it's the best example of how to sell a game I've ever seen in my life. And it worked beautifully. Um and I think they're, they're aiming to do that next year. And I think they just, they needed to show something this year because Xbox needed, um, they needed more. And this is the best they had, unfortunately. Again, I think Xbox weren't really ready to show off all of their new IP, which they've just bought out, I guess. Yeah. So this was like the best that they could do. So I, I get the disappointment and I get at the same time that they were probably stuck between a rock and a hard place. So it's just a weird dynamic that sort of happened all at once. Yeah. So it's tough. It is tough. I, I saw, I saw, I watched the God of War one from like 2015 where they did the, like the gameplay trailer, like yep. fighting the trolls and the killing of the deer and all that sort of stuff. That was a spectacle. And they had the live orchestra. That's Indeed. how you do a game reveal. And th- yep. that was like fairly, early, that was fairly early on really because they had like, a couple of years left to to make the game after that i think it was 2015 yeah. or 2016 I think, yeah i think they showed it off in 2016 2016 I think that's the e3 that you're talking about yeah and then in 2018 it was released yeah so and it was about a year and a half so yeah so, so the same sort of window of that yeah starfield then. and right. we didn't and we didn't even see like a spaceship flying by we mm-hmm. didn't even see we didn't see any you know developments we didn't see any houses or marketplaces or any sort of environment that right. that i mean yeah we walked they would look like they're on the moon didn't they so it was yeah barren i mean it looked nice <laughs> but it didn't it looked like one artist's work environmentally i think no i think like to give them credit i think what they're aiming for is that like i would mention a minute ago is that fallout 4 style blowout and they're just right. They're hoarding all of their chips. Yes. Because next E3 is just going to be insane. Like for Starfield, I guess. Like that's their, that's going to be their moment. And they're going to have like a whole sort of segment dedicated to that game. Yeah. Like they did for Fallout 4. Because Fallout 4 is the benchmark to how to sort of sell a game. And that was their first E3 conference Bethesda ever did as well. And they set that bar. So. And they set that bar. And, yeah. it, and I, it is yet to be surpassed in my opinion. I don't think I've seen any game reveal that's done as well. In terms of like how they try and sell a game, it's just it's a it's a masterclass in how mm. to sort of market the game. So I'm guessing that's why they were so conservative with what they what they showed. didn't show. I guess so. Yeah. It was yeah, but it was a shame. But you know, so that's think- kind of like the whole for me. It was just a bit of a shame. Like we, I I think we could have had more, and I think that it was a combination of yeah. People were being overly cautious, maybe because it was the pandemic, maybe a bit to do with console generation, maybe a yep. bit to do with what games there are available now, because a lot of people are still saying that the new generation is still a bit thin on the ground for worth worth taking the plunge. 
Um, yeah, it's it's tough because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk with Sony um, sort of backtracking on this as well. Even though it was reported yesterday that nine million uh, PlayStation fives have already been sold, which is ridiculous. Like in terms of how quickly they've gotten to that number, is sort of yeah, sort of incredible. Um, even that, even even at that point, there's still like there's there's leaks coming out now that uh, Demon Souls remake has has been rated for the PlayStation four, so the backwards compatibility in that they're doing. Uh, a PlayStation 4 version of Horizon. There's going to be a PlayStation 4 version of the next God of War. It's like, are you actually going to take this step or not? Sort mm. of thing, you know. And if you don't take that step, then people aren't going to have the confidence to step into the next generations. And that goes for both sides. That includes Xbox as well. Like, the, you need to just um, take that step. But the interesting thing about Xbox, and I think what they did right in this respect, is that there is now. Um, there, there isn't just talk that Xbox actually announces and why they didn't announce this during their conference is it sort of blows my mind that they didn't but what they're doing is um, they're bringing uh, xCloud to uh, Xbox One which is the previous generation but what they're doing is they're actually going to basically allow you to play Xbox Series X games on Xbox uh, One through through, game, X -Cloud. Uh, through the xCloud so you're basically streaming, streaming next generation games on your Old console. On your old console. Which is the much more elegant way of doing it because it allows developers to still not have to be tied to Xbox uh, One architecture anymore. And it's yeah. just like, okay, just go all in on Series X. Yeah, see what you can Series do. S. Yeah, yeah. Go nuts. And they can still play it. They've still got the option to go back. And the way that that is, is it's a much more elegant way of doing it, in my opinion. But maybe, maybe Sony will do something similar when they do announce something with... Uh, if they reform PlayStation now or if they do something game passy. That was it. Be... You said they'd have to announce that. And so we still have to wait and see if they do announce something like that when they right. when they come up with it. They've not even announced dates yet. We still don't have dates of when they're doing anything. Nothing. Again, which is not good for consumers. It's not cool, man. It's not good yeah, for us cool. trying to figure out how to do podcasts. It's not... <laughs> so basically, they yeah. should be thinking about us. Why are like, they thinking about they? us and our 20 views? Right. We've Very got rude those them. 20 people, you know, going to be upset. They need to know, God damn it. <laughs> but yes, um, I think that's pretty much wraps up everything that I wanted to talk about with the, with E3 this year. So yeah, unfortunately yeah, I mean, underwhelming, I, but lots yeah, of people really liked it, which is great, but we're kind of in the same boat where it was a bit underwhelming. Aggressively average is the best way I've heard it being sort of categorized over the past few days yes. aggressively average and i was like yeah that's uh, that's pretty much how i want I game pass so sort of fell on. yeah i want game pass more though i mean that that was like like you mentioned i think that was the winner of e3 like yeah. i don't ever like putting it on a platform Who's sort of thing won. like sony won e3 or ubisoft won e3 like i don't like doing that but like certain games or certain features i think um yeah game pass is the clear winner here like when after the conference, I was kind of like, yeah, it was an all right conference. But then when I actually started looking at everything that was coming out this year, like Flight Simulator and the new uh, Forza and stuff like this, just all this sort of stuff, like there was just a massive list of stuff that's coming out over the next sort of six months. That I, like at least 10 games, like I counted at least 10 games that I was going to buy. Yeah. That is in Game Pass. It's a big backlog already. You got your backlogs already happening, piling right. up. Before they've even out yet, because you can't play them all at once. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting six months, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's only gonna snowball. I think um, the way that Xbox sort of 
highlighted this was that they want a huge game coming out every quarter. Mm. So it's, and they've kind of got the lineup to do that at this point, and it's only going to snowball. And it's only going to get better because they've just got game after game after game after game, and that's the the good thing about throwing money after throwing money at this problem. They've sort of gained a solution out of this, which is good for consumers because we we get to just sign up to Game Pass and and, and get all this cool stuff for ten dollars a month. Like, how much can you really complain? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not anything to complain about. And I'm super excited about some of these games. I think they're going to be massive games. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, Halo. there's a couple we didn't of other... even talk about Halo. We didn't even talk about Halo for free, and that looks great. Yeah. And the fact that it's got a free to play mode as well, yeah. um, it looks a lot better than it did. Um, I think that game's going to be great. But outside of Halo, there's um, I'm now interested in Forza Horizon Five. I wasn't before, but yeah. I am now. Um, yeah, there was. I, I told you that looked so interesting, and at the time you were like, "Yeah, it looks okay." Yeah, it looks like a racing game. And I'm like, "Yeah, I want to play that." Yeah, that looks cool. Man. And now, now um, you're really hyped for it. That's good. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest omission for me was um, Beyond Good and Evil Two not being there was an omission, and also Hellblade Two. I really wish we saw a bit more of that. Yeah, but I understand they're a small team; they're gonna knock it out of the park when it's ready. Yeah, um, but it's not ready yet. Yes, so, and all this yeah. being said, that for me, if any devs are listening, you know, I'll take your time. Don't rush it. We want it when it's ready. Let it cook. Yeah. So that's the keep kind the, of main Keep the oven closed. So Let it cook. for all us moaning, like I prefer us to have terrible E3s every year if it meant yeah. that the games were ready when they were ready and people didn't that's well. um, crunch. Ratchet and Clank didn't crunch, apparently. A couple of late nights here and there. Um, mm. That was that was interesting. You're not, are you, are you I think, yeah, I think, I, think, I think Sony are... Yeah, I am going to buy it. Mm. Um, I haven't gotten around to it yet because like, I was getting E3 out of the way and we're quite busy at work at the moment, but once that's out of the way, I do want to buy it because it got reviewed really well. Mm. But I think Sony are trying to crack down on that whole crunch um culture that they've got going on right now unfortunately which is very positive of course for games that are in that nature where they're very high quality in that respect yeah like, there's just yeah i mean and i have varying opinions on crunch it depends on the developers like on the personal levels like you don't know like if someone's got a family and they're crunching out of choice then you know there's there's a load of weird dynamics to crunching and how it comes about and how it actually goes like from personal experience it's just it's not ever forced upon you. It's this sort of thing where it's like, it is your choice, 100%. They can't act on it. They can't like stop you from just going home or whatever, like at the right time. There's laws against this in a lot of countries and they abide by them mm-hmm. for good reason. But yeah, if you want to talk about crunch, like people should seriously consider not buying any more Japanese games because they all crunch. they've got a lot of crunch. Right. Like a lot, a lot. Like I can't even... I can't even estimate like how much crunch goes on in Japanese games industry, but like if you want to talk about mislabor of people, then that is that is the country to look at. Um, so yeah, when when Ratchet is not crunching, that's a that's a it's a good time to come. But there's there's more work to be done in other places. Like so, if you if if that is a listener's passion to sort of be on the back of certain publishers that where they don't want that to happen, then. Yeah, look to the east a little bit. I think it's a great thing that if this, I mean, the game's got, Ratchet and Clank's got really good reviews. Mm. And so it's just great news that the news is coming out. I've said news quite a few times in that last sentence. Uh, It's great news about the news that it's not had crunch. And that's great that it's a, like a big, you know, launch, launch title window game. So it's had all those things going against it. 
uh, you know, launch title game within that sort of same window as a launch title, um, six months ish. Um, you know, it, it's of its own type in the in the in the world of games at the moment. No right. crunch. That's all good news. Big developer. Yeah, I mean, I have I probably have a theory about that. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that Ratchet and Clank was probably due to come out at release for the PlayStation 5, it was probably going to be a launch title alongside uh, Miles Morales and um, uh, Demon Souls. Like, that was probably going to be, like, the trio. Like, you've got something for everyone at oh, Okay. Point. And it got um, pushed back. Yeah, I can imagine it got pushed back, and they were sort of like, you know what, It's we should just let this thing cook and do it properly, and then yeah. we've got something for the summer. It wouldn't surprise me. But that remains to be seen. Still great news like that. People aren't crunching on this, and they're just, you know... They're just giving it the time that it needs, and if, if it needs extra time, then give them extra time. Don't don't push this thing out the door or like overwork people to the point that they're killing themselves over it. You know, like it's not it's not worth it at the end of the day. Especially yeah. because now we've got a game without crunch, and it's getting nines and tens. So the proof's in the pudding. There exactly, because so, there was that old there was that old sort of rumor that only good games, uh, all good games had crunch, and you couldn't get a good game without crunch, and that was yeah. kind of like a a bit of a argument for crunch or at least um you know an excuse yeah i mean i've never i've never agreed with that side of the argument but there are there are like young developers out there that don't have families and that like staying up that just want to work on the game constantly Mm. and they like crunch and that is the reality of it like there are people that enjoy crunch like i know that sounds weird and horrible but it's it's the truth and that does not justify crunch happening because there's obviously the opposite side of the fence where there's older people that have got families and kids they want to get home they've got responsibilities yeah they shouldn't ever be forced to however if there is a choice to do whatever people want to do then that's that's probably not a bad thing and we've got to sort of dissect this and actually understand that like a lot of these companies like the company that i work at we don't crunch like at ubisoft we just don't not really um there are people that stay behind or want to work later all day but it is entirely their choice mm. a thousand percent and i don't mean that in a corporate sense like it's their choice like no i genuinely mean it like they there's people that just like yeah i'm just going to stay a bit longer because i actually want to work on this sort mm. of thing they're passionate about it and then there's other people that are like, oh, it's five, peace out. I've got to go and pick up the kids from school. And they just leave. And that is completely accepted. Mm. And that's just how it should be. Yeah. And it's just, it's the unfortunate situation where uh, the communication of that gets lost with some companies. And and sometimes it is malicious, but it's, it's I think it's getting better either way. And yeah, different countries have different cultures towards this. And it's interesting when you have, you know, companies that span, that are international and span different mm-hmm. different country yeah, no, cultures I've been and, in that boat. yeah because you've worked in in japan and you've worked in in montreal yeah. yeah working at ubisoft in japan it was very much like you would see the japanese staff stay late without even being asked and they would just stay and when i mean stay late i mean 10 11 o'clock at night sometimes overnight and that's not anything to do with ubisoft it's just and then on the other side of the room where all the foreigners are like people from america and england and things like that it's like oh it's 5 30 peace and they just leave and that's just like within the same studio even yeah you know? like and it's just a really strange dynamic between different cultures and how it sort of works but yeah absolutely it, it very much depends on where people are in the world and mm. and what they do so the yeah. way the way i come down to it is yeah i understand that some people like to crunch and they enjoy it and it's something mm. that they like to do to me because uh we know that and there's evidence to suggest that if you work too many hours in a day uh it affects your health just treat it like a health issue and it's like 
go home at five because otherwise it's unhealthy. And as a company, they're responsible for the health of their employees, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And if a company allows employees to work late, that's, uh, that's morally, you know, wrong. And yeah. to me, it's as simple as that. To me, it's as simple as do your work yeah. hours, do your contracted hours, make sure the contracted hours are healthy. Anything you work over that is unhealthy for the employee. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like with... Um, it's, uh, it's, unfortunately, I have quite a simple, blunt uh Yeah, no, 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 I totally respect that. It's it's kind of, it's interesting because and, uh, we have a sort of a mixed uh, culture as well, like in the video games industry, like the, the studio that I work in, if you're... If you're at the studio past a certain time, they literally just turn off the lights sort of thing. Mm. And it's just like, go home sort mm. of thing. And when I say like this, because this is the part of the communication that we've sort of lost when it comes to the conversation of crunch is um, there's a difference between crunch and overtime. Yeah. And when you do overtime, it's like an extra two hours in the office, right? And it's like, okay, I've worked overtime. You get compensated for it. If you want to take the overtime, if you actually want to do the overtime, then you get compensated for it. Mm. Crunch, in my opinion, is like when people are, it's three o'clock in the morning, people are sleeping at their desks. You know, like that's crunch. Like that's not good. That's not healthy whatsoever. Yeah. A bit of overtime isn't the end of the world, but it's it's kind of this weird, I don't know. It's it's just such a tough conversation to have with people sometimes because they're, they're very opinionated about it and there's there's a lot of gray areas to it in mm. terms of like overtime and crunch and, and how it should be treated and what cultures you're in and what company you're with and yeah what you're working on how you're working on it what what department you're even working in like what sort of crunch are you doing you know there's a lot of weird dynamics to this so it's 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 tough but yeah well it's a discussion for another, another time uh, yeah for sure definitely we could dive in but yeah it's it's very good news that um uh, ratchet sort of avoided that this time especially with like all the talk around uh, naughty dog and how they um, have been working on The Last of Us and, and stuff like that. And just people just, they're notorious for overtime and crunch and stuff. So it's good that they're sort of clean up their actor, that publisher at least. So. You always see jobs going there. Like there's always, always. always advertising for jobs. So it's got high turnover. So that's, just, mm-hmm. there's that that whole argument, which we can't get into now. Take too long. Take too long. Yep, indeed. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> yep. we'll, we'll have a crunch discussion at some point. That'll, yes. that'll, be, that'll be a good one. But so, cool. Yep. So, uh, shall we wrap this thing up? We can wrap it up. So, yeah, like, uh, comment, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, if you're listening, then then don't do those things. Um, <laughs> were we right? Were we wrong? Did we miss something? Were we glaringly not talking about the one thing? Yeah, that, I mean, what what, what were you guys in interested in as well? Like, if you like, if, if someone really jumped out at you at E3 and we just completely brushed over it today, like, please let us know. Like, we were curious to see what other people are excited about. Yeah, because there was obviously a lot of people excited about Nintendo stuff, which we were just like straight over the top of our heads like we don't know yeah. like what what else did what else like really jumped out at you as like such a like a huge announcement like we we'd be really curious to hear yeah definitely uh yes and stay tuned and we'll have another episode uh next week for you uh, but until then where can we find you vin uh, you can find me on twitter i am at hillthought games uh you can also find me on art station i am uh, vin hill art on there so if you're into concept art and things like that then you can uh Come and give me a follow. Uh, also, I'll probably give you a follow back because I like seeing cool art. Uh, Chris, where can people find you, sir? On Twitter, I am at Acrylic Pixel and YouTube, I am Acrylic Pixel. Very good. Okay. And so next time, that, guys. Take care. We'll, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.